to the psychotic break. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kimmy. And today we are talking about the evolution of emotion. It's been on my mind because <laughs> I just had an exam about it this morning and Yay. a little salty about some things, but I can tell you a lot about this topic. Which makes us indirect, well, makes one of us indirectly a pro. Yes. So, Let's start with the idea of evolution. I feel like, I mean, what can you say about evolution, Kimmy? (laughs) Evolution as a concept, okay, first of all, Darwin did not start it. He did not come up with the original idea, but because Darwin is easier for people to understand because he is considered the OG, Darwin came up with this idea of evolution by going to the Galapagos and seeing how different birds and tortoises have different enhancements to adjust to whatever they eat and such and such. And so he realized that over the years, a body can evolve into different things depending on what we need to adapt and accommodate. So an example would be In the future, we probably, as humans, will not have wisdom teeth or appendixes because they're not useful anymore to us. Exactly. And I love how you bring that up because they are vestiges. They are things that we don't need anymore. And what a vestige is, is it's a thing that we have that we don't need anymore, but it did have a function in the past. I imagine the appendix had something to do with filtering out dirt and and germs from food. A lot of our food, I hope, is clean, and we just don't really have a need for that anymore. Part of me wonders, though, if I just start eating dirt, like, will my appendix start working? Ooh, I don't think we should test it. But however, it does make me think if people have tested those who live in more rural communities with less access to clean water and ability to, like, spark a fire to cook your, like, meats and vegetables and stuff, would they have a more functioning appendix as compared to those in industrialized areas? My guess is yes, but that's not what I'm an expert on. (laughs) (laughs) We want to bring up the idea of evolution first because most of us have an idea of evolution. Most of us know that we have evolved from primates, aka monkeys and well, I guess not monkeys. There, there's an actual term for it. Like primates are different from monkeys. It's a, it's a whole thing. Oh. Think of a chimpanzee or an orangutan. Those are our closest evolutionary relatives. And I bring this up because it doesn't sound like psychology yet, but let's bring emotion into the picture. Happiness, anger, sadness, disgust, fear, the basic emotions, believe it or not, have evolved from primates too. It's not a physical thing that evolved. It's a conceptual thing that evolved, which is so fascinating. And I'm so excited to tell you more. Okay, because this is completely new to me. Obviously, I know like flight or flight, fuck, fight or flight is obviously more of a physiological thing. But would that be considered the original of the emotions? Because 
in fight or flight, obviously, your face is also going to have a reaction. You are going to feel something. You feel physiological reactions to your emotions. Exactly. And that's a great emotion to start with, fear. You're right, the fight or flight response is physiological, but it's also emotional. And that was probably one of the first emotions to evolve. Because if you're not afraid of the thing that's dangerous, you're not going to get the hell out of there. <laughs> like, fear has to be a part of the equation, or you will die and you won't pass on your teams. <laughs> Okay, so fear is the basis of fight or flight, which is heavily, I would want to argue, reactive to the physiological arousal. But happiness, happiness isn't the same, you know, happiness is something more joyful, not I'm going to die if I do not get the fuck out of here. And I need to bring up, to answer your question, I need to bring up a really important theory that's out there. This theory was proposed by Richard Dawkins that, (laughs) I'm not quoting word for word, but he basically said that we as humans, our bodies are robotic vessels slash meat bags for carrying on our genes. And the actual theory is called the selfish gene. These are, all of us have genes with DNA that we, that have our genetic information. And when we reproduce, we are sharing those genes and our genes live on. This is a really controversial idea, but just imagine that we are not in charge of our bodies. Our genes are. And our genes only purpose is to reproduce and to, you know, create more genes. It's almost like a virus. Our genes are a virus and they manipulate us through emotion, which is why emotions evolved. Okay, wait a minute. I guess I was totally with you. And then I was like, okay, I'm a meat bag. And then you were saying emotions in that. And then I was like, immediately, what the fuck? Because... I totally understand this very, I don't want to call it simplistic, but very natural selection-esque where we are here to reproduce the finest so that we can carry on. And that's great and dandy. However, how would that play into emotions? Because being my meat vessel self, I mean... I guess I've never harbored any emotions towards the idea that I'm on this planet purely to reproduce. Well, let's look at other animals who don't have the mental complexities that we do. They don't have to worry about a lot of the things they do. They certainly don't have to worry about the exam that I took this morning. They certainly don't have to worry (laughs) about the stresses of living in Canada or the stresses of living anywhere. But because we have reproduced and adapted and become the most fit our genes were kind of like well this is how i think of it and this could be totally wrong but you know this is how i imagine it our genes were like okay this animal is just dumb it's easy to keep you alive just make them afraid of certain things and have them reproduce and and act through natural selection 
However, these humans are a problem. They're really smart and they have, they're creating all of these other problems for them and I can't control them to focus on the main goal, which is to survive and reproduce. So I'm going to elicit emotions in them. I'm going to control them by stressors that they perceive in their mind to get them to continue living and have something to live for. Okay. That totally made sense. And now I'm entering into a new dilemma of... Okay, there's two thoughts running in my mind. First of all, the people that are severely depressed and don't even want to be here, I don't think they give a shit about that. But then two is... I I remember reading a thing that was back in the day. I mean, I think you and I have even talked about this where back in the day, obviously your stressors were based on the fact I need to survive. How am I going to survive? I might have to stab a fucking tiger to survive versus now our stressors are sitting in a car in traffic. That would be the worst part of our day that would cause us severe turmoil as compared to the thing that actually would end up killing us. I don't I mean, stress does kill us. I don't know. It's a big topic, but why, why at the complexity? If, do you know, like, I don't. I totally get that. And I would argue that because we have more stressors in our life, because we are not running from saber tooth tigers and we're not um, having problems with, at, well, we're not having as many problems with illness. I think that's why happiness came into the picture. I think that because we're able to survive and because we're so intelligent, life can become kind of monotonous and there's nothing really to live for. So I think happiness evolved to keep us living longer, to give us something wanting to live for. So is this Richard Dawkins suggesting that back in the day when you did have to kill and fight to survive did you not have time for happiness to take over your life or even feel it because you had such bigger problems to focus on exactly i mean look at all of the other animals who are perfectly content just roaming around for food all day i mean you would think that makes them happy and we definitely see animals who are happy we see animals like domesticated dogs and cats who definitely seem happy when when they're played with and things like that but i don't think a lizard is gonna be very happy if if you give him something fun to play with i think one of the more one of the less evolved animals is is just gonna have that primal feeling of you know i just need to survive and reproduce that is insane but it makes total sense and let's move on to another emotion which is the state of collective effervescence have you heard that i surprisingly have and i've avoided that entire thing because i could not pronounce it that shit Collective effervescence is the feeling of being in a group and feeling this connectedness and happiness from being in that group. That evolved because humans, as it turns out, only have survived this long by banding together in groups. We are better in numbers, which is why we are the dominant species. So our genes wanted to motivate us to be in groups 
Therefore, they make it feel really good to be in groups. Okay, so could it so collective effervescence would be considered an emotion, not really a motivation? Well, honestly, those are kind of the same thing if you think about it. Emotion is a state of feeling that makes you act, and both of them have the root of moving. Okay. So, because of that, was so is collective effervescence the original emotion then? Like that was the biggest one other than obviously fear. I'm definitely not going in order. I think collective effervescence evolved from an emotion sadness and then sympathy. So let me let me let's go to sadness. Sadness is a feeling that tends to involve another person or thing. It's your relation of losing something, missing out on an opportunity, and obviously your genes are not going to want you to miss out on those opportunities. <laughs> future so they got to teach you a lesson and making you feel really shitty about that thing you did is probably a good way of stopping it okay i've no okay that is amazing that sadness would i argue be based off of the original idea of a person a person has made you sad somehow but now in our society very I do not want to invalidate people that get sad about this because I totally do, but things that are very subjective and very honestly pointless in the long run, such as grades, make us completely like lose our shit, even though back in the day it would be sadness. And obviously people do make us feel really sad, but now we're almost wasting this emotion on this thing that's very trivial in the long term. Yeah, and that's a problem with us becoming so advanced in technology and creating problems that seem as life-threatening as our ancestors once worried about, but we just can't really distinguish what's life-threatening anymore. That is really upsetting. It makes you almost wish we weren't evolved to some degree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, is all of this knowledge worth all of the turmoil? I would argue yes, because I, I mean, sympathy is, is an amazing emotion. So let's, let's go up the roller coaster a little bit and talk about sympathy. Ooh, okay. Sympathy is the feeling of caregiving and being, again, connected to other people and caring for them, feeling what they're feeling. And it's closely related to compassion, which is being able to be, words, being able to go into someone's shoes, being able to understand their position and want to act to help them. These are amazing emotions that came into play because, again, it helped us be in groups. It helped us be cooperative and Compassion is the root of why we take care of babies. Human babies are so vulnerable. They're so much more vulnerable than any other animal baby. Think about it. We have to be taken care of until, you know, arguably 26, but taken care of for a long time, a long ass time. Like you can't even walk for the first year. So because we are hyper vulnerable, our genes developed compassion to make us want to care for this thing that cannot take care of itself. Wow. I'm really surprised. Okay. 
it makes sense, but part of me almost feels wrong that compassion would be under sadness because obviously compassion is built off of sympathy, but compassion is also such a loving and kind thing that I would argue is given to the most like beautiful people. And I hope they're not sad. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about emotions, I'm thinking about Inside Out. You've seen Inside Out, right? Oh, yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, definitely watch it. My professor, you know, was a major thinker in that movie. Um, He actually gave them the basic emotions. Dacker Keltner gave them the list of basic emotions. Happiness, sadness, fear, anger, those, you know, work with those. But uh, the ending of that movie, you know how those orbs of emotion were, like, combined with different emotion? Yeah. Like, anger and happiness, fear and disgust, they were all combined. Because when you think of something, it's usually not just one emotion, it's probably a mix. And I would argue that compassion is the mix of happiness and sadness. Oh, so it's like secondary colors, the secondary emotions built off the primary. Okay, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, that was perfect. (laughs) Well, just to go over a couple more emotions that are really interesting how they evolved is disgust. The feeling or the expression of disgust is so universal. (laughs) um, Clenching your nose, sticking out your tongue, and usually having an open mouth. (laughs) <laughs> and throwing your brow too like it's maybe i'll post a picture of myself on our instagram and you'll see this is the emotion um and our faces did that because there was a time where we needed to communicate with other primates or even other humans or hominins and i'm, I'm assuming we didn't have language yet so like a very good way of showing that this meat is not good is making this horrible disgusted face That's insane because when I think about disgust, obviously the first thing is food, but you can think of a person as disgusting or anything else and thinking about how the idea of disgust and how we display it has very much changed. It has. And these emotions are still evolving. They're evolving to try to take into account our new problems, our new social problems. But the root of disgust does relate to food. We need to know what's good and what's bad for us. And disgust is evolved to keep us from eating bad food. If we're not disgusted of something with mold on it, we're going to eat it and we're probably going to die. So (laughs) the genes don't want that. Hey. And you're right, it's so interesting to think that we can be disgusted with food and a person at the same time. And they're very different because I wouldn't show the same reaction to a person because when you're disgusted by a person, you can't be very explicit with it because it would be considered rude. But if you think a food is disgusting, you are totally valid for that because as you said, it might save you in the end. Yeah, and maybe instead of being disgusted with food, we are more focused on being disgusted with other people because they are still a threat to us. They're not a threat to our survival. Well, that's a whole uh, philosophical thing. They're probably not a threat to our survival, but they're a threat to our self-image. If someone is making you feel bad about yourself, that makes you feel disgusted and you don't want to partake in that person. You don't want to converse with them. You don't want them to be a part of your life. So that emotion is getting you the heck out of there. 
Okay, no, that totally makes sense. Wow. And last but not least, anger, which is one of my favorite questions. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Um, anger obviously is exhibited by heat in the face and the hands. Um, blood actually rushes to your hands when you're angry, and that's because it's getting your body ready to punch someone. What? Yeah. But yeah, anger makes you fight, and it evolved because of social status. We didn't really get angry at anyone. It was mainly fear leading us. But once we started working in groups, if there was ever a questioning in the social hierarchy, like, why is this person um, in charge? Why aren't I in charge? This kind of envy and anger comes together to make us want to act on it, to settle it. (laughs) I wonder if someone if, if a person that plays soccer got angry, would the heat go to their feet because they're taught to not use their hands? I don't know. I mean, I feel like you would need many years of evolution for that <laughs> an adaptation for soccer. I would think that it goes to your hands still, and that's freaking frustrating because you can't do anything with your hands. I guess that's why you always see them like balling their fists at their side and maybe that's because they're trying to restrict themselves from ever touching the ball but you can't wonder if it's because they're being a little competitive (laughs) yeah yeah okay okay well I know we still have a one minute wrap up but I want to that was amazing Maddie you literally taught me your entire first midterm in a 20 minute span I feel good about that. I think that you probably aced that midterm. I hope so. <laughs> I have my tiny phone. Heads or tails? Uh, tails, whatever that might be on a tiny phone. Well, on the tiny phone, see, that's that's the screen. So tails would be the other side of it. Fair. So, uh-huh. It is heads. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Probably for the best. I mean, I'm the one who wanted to talk about this. I've been listening, but I also came up with the stupidest thoughts here and there that I was like, I might accidentally just say random crap. (laughs) All right, starting our one minute wrap up. Today, we talked about the evolution of emotions. The basic idea of evolution is that our species has evolved or changed over time in accordance with adaptations to make us most fit to reproduce and to, well, first to survive and then to reproduce. <laughs> important. To survive, fear had to come into play because you had to be afraid of your of the thing that's threatening your life. Disgust came into play because you need to know what foods are good and ba- good and bad for you. Collective effervescence got us into groups, which incentivized us to keep working together and to coordinate. However, also being in groups came anger, fighting for who belongs at the top of the social hierarchy. Sadness gave us emotions like sympathy and compassion to, again, work together and be a cohesive group. And happiness keeps us living longer. (laughs) Yay! Yes! Perfect! All right. Well, thanks for humoring me, Kimmy, on this topic. Okay. But my whole thing was, I was thinking, I bet other people have more questions about 
the evolution of emotion. I probably have more, especially as you learn more from this class. So I would hope that we do another one, probably at the end of term, yeah, like what you've learned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Yay. Okay. Well, big shout out to Maddie for leading this and answering my like pretty stupid questions from here and there. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you will hear about evolution of emotions again and have a wonderful day. We are The Psychotic Break. I'm Kimmy. I'm Maddie. Bye. Bye.